Good evening, listeners. It defies explanation, but we are here again. The explanation is that we are awesome and people love us. Yes, that is what defies explanation. What is not to love about advice text in quarter hour followed by a random quasi-debate? That is not the name of the show. Give us an intro while I open the Samoas. You don't have to bring Samoas to every single episode of this show. Yes, I do. One, they make you smile. Two, I'm trying to help my next-door neighbor earn one of those high-achieving cookie-selling badges or whatever. So, you're in luck. I'll keep you smiling and in Samoas. It's... it's really not necessary. But I guess if it helps your next-door neighbor... Exactly. Have a Samoa and tell our listeners what our show is called. Kaleidotrope. Kaleidotrope! That's our show! And we are Drew and... are you sticking with Rocky, Harrison? I mean, it was very sexy. The listeners all agreed on that, but possibly too sexy for our show. You know. I don't know anything about your ever-changing name. My ever-changing DJ name. My real name stays the same. I don't change that weekly. (laughs) That would be ridiculous. Yes, you're right. And I'm well aware how much you strive not to be ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Today, I'm trying out Deb. It's short for WC. What do you think? I think that I'm confused about what sort of music show you thought this was. Doesn't matter now. Now it's an advice text-in show. But I thought I'd stick with the musical theme because I think it's working for me. Don't you think? Someone. Anyone. Please text us. Really? You guys are all just going to make us work for it this time. We've already been over this. Talking to me is never work. What did you do this weekend? What, really? Small talk? Hey, it's only small talk if you have a small weekend, Ant-Man. And your weekends are Godzilla-sized? My weekends are Pacific Rim Kaiju-sized. Really? What did you do this weekend? What I do every weekend. Made a stash of peanut butter sandwiches and wandered the campus trying to bump into the humans of Seidelsmith guy. You read that, Colin? Cal? Religiously. Doesn't everybody? His name is Calamum Nomen. It means pen name in Latin. Yeah, but everyone calls him Cal. Well, I don't. I, I don't really read his columns. Better things to do, I guess. You should. It's my favorite part of the student newspaper. The way he can just... Slip into the background and write all these beautiful, hope-filled treatises on the people around him on campus? It's so much more than a man-on-the-street kind of thing. Isn't it just tawdry speculation about the lives of strangers, though? Oh, no. Not at all. He puts himself into the process. He's speculating on his own life, his own desires for connection, while he speculates on their lives. I mean, he knows it could all be total bullshit. But he always writes with total self-awareness and grace. And I love that. Oh. And since part of the beauty is that no one knows who he is and he could be anyone on campus, I like to wander around trying to catch him in the act, so to speak. You spend your weekend randomly accosting people, sitting on park benches, writing in moleskins. Well, yeah. So how about you? How did you spend your weekend? 
uh, uh, sitting on a park bench, writing in a moleskin, trying not to be accosted by people like you. Nah, I promise getting accosted by me is a pleasure. I bet it is. Hey, look who it is. Stanwick. It's a blast from the past. From a whole week ago. Still the past. Suppose I can't argue with that. Well, I have something that's going to delight you. Ooh, delight me? What could it be? My text is from Lovejoy. <gasps> oh my god! They simultaneously texted us with updates. That is the most OTP thing I've ever heard. Of course it is. Okay, okay. So here's what Stan has to say. Dear Drew and Deb, Claire de Lune is one of my favorites, so I think the new name is great. Of course, Claire de Lune is one of their favorites. Oh, what is that supposed to mean? Nothing. Go on. <clears throat> I just wanted to give you an update on my egg baby with Lovejoy. It turns out that Lovejoy has turned out okay to raise an egg baby with. It's working out. What does Lovejoy say? Lovejoy says, Dear Drew and Deb, I think I've gotten Stanwick to chill out a little bit, and we have a much happier egg baby as a result. Aww. Hang on, it's Lovejoy again. Uh, what does Stanwick mean that I'm okay? Uh-oh. I don't think you're reading that with enough shock and outrage. They put six question marks after that, okay. Oh, and now Stanwick has responded with, I'm totally chill. I have always been chill. I resent the implication that I'm the one who needs to chill in this relationship. So it's a relationship now. Aha. Uh -huh. You wanted this to happen. I wanted nothing more than for baby Khaleesi to grow up in a nice nuclear family. Right. What can I say? I wanted little egg baby's life to... Go over easy. No. Plus, I wouldn't want Khaleesi's parents to get egg-spelled for not doing an excellent job. <laughs> oh my god, stop this at once. Why? Are you suddenly finding co-hosting is not all it's cracked up to be? Listeners, I'm sorry. Ordinarily, I just play a song until all the badness went away, but... Ah! I'ma let you finish. <laughs> but Drew and Deb have the best DJ show of all time. Um, of all time. Oh, thank God. From Lovejoy. Uh, see, this is what I mean. Stanwick constantly freaks out over nothing. If it's not grades, it's, oh, Lovejoy, you're going to break our egg, baby. Like, why so intense? Okay, Lovejoy, coming from the person who uses six question marks in their text, that may be a bit unfair. Meanwhile, Stanwick writes, Lovejoy tried to instill a love of baseball into our baby by tossing it up and down while wearing a catcher's mitt. The resulting freakout was an entirely proportionate response to Lovejoy Michael Jacksoning our child, not some sort of unreasonable example of me not being chill. Lovejoy, is that true? That does seem a bit irresponsible. Am I the only one that remembers this is an egg? If you drop it, you can just replace it with another egg. It's not like the professor would know. <gasps> and isn't this normally a project you do in high school? Like, what class are these people even taking? Maybe. They are high schoolers. Listeners, 
If any of you are students at Stony Brook High, know you're welcome to text in for advice anytime. Right, soon will be the teen angst half hour. You're the one encouraging our egg baby couple to drop their baby and replace it. That's a pretty teenagery thing to do. Are you implying I'm immature? I am completely mature. Stanwick adds, Lovejoy isn't immature. I just don't think they're taking the egg project very seriously. Lovejoy responds, it was a pointless freak out. And since I heard our egg baby humming Sweet Caroline later, I'm pretty sure we've got a fledgling Red Sox fan on our hands. <laughs> nice. See, no harm, no foul. Pun intended. Okay, I'm banning all baseball references for the rest of the show. Oh, come on. You're just mad I didn't laugh at your puns. No, I'm not. I don't care if you laughed at my jokes. I'm laughing on the inside. Really. Why have Lovejoy and Stanwyck stopped texting us? Maybe they're actually talking to each other. Like, in real life. You mean as opposed to us enacting their entire relationship for them? <laughs> oh no, we're not acting out their relationship. No? No. How aren't we? What? How aren't we acting out a relationship right now? Theirs, I mean. Well, for starters, if you were my egg partner and you made those puns, I would immediately change partners. No, you wouldn't. Oh, I wouldn't. You should have another Samoa. <clears throat> What's it say? Dear Drew, you should really just ask... Never mind. Oh, you can't just leave us hanging. No, I've deleted it. Sorry about that, listeners. Sometimes we get trolled. It didn't seem trollish to me. <clears throat> well, I'm just going to assume it said, Dear Drew, you should really just ask Harrison to give you a whole box of Samoas. Deb. What? Your DJ name. Oh, yeah. What can I say? You make me forget myself. I... I mean... What? I'm just saying that you made a pun, too. And it was an awesome pun. That doesn't mean I approve of puns. How could you not approve of puns? Puns are adorable. The troll again? Um, yeah. If someone could text us for advice about, like, your love lives, that would be great. What does it say? They want advice about their love life. Oh, thank God. What unlikely scenario is it this time? They're Avila. Come again? Dear Deb, I've always been told I have the good looks that run in my family. Blonde, waif-like, typical Anglican. You know the drill. But on my 16th birthday... Oh, wait. I need a preppy 16-year-old voice. <clears throat> my grandmother took me aside and showed me this book in the family library I'd never seen before. And apparently it's a guide to understanding the ancient Vila blood that flows through our veins. At first I thought she was doing some kind of weird role play for my birthday, but it was like suddenly immediately apparent that she wasn't lying. My friends all started acting really weird around me. My best friend couldn't stop smelling me, which was super gross. 
Apparently, Vila give off weird pheromones or something. And the worst part of all is that the only person in my class who's not acting all weird about me is my worst enemy, Trisha, the head cheerleader and homecoming queen. We've been enemies ever since freshman year when we both wore the exact same pink miniskirt the first week of school. And I had to go home and change because of the stupid dress code. But she got to wear her outfit all day because her dad's on the school board. And ugh, I hate her with her perfect hair and her perfect YouTube tutorial makeup and her perfect Korean skincare regimen and her perfect life. And just why is she the only person I can stand to be around right now? Why is she the only person not fawning over me? God. Could you imagine if I could wield my epic Vila powers over her? That would be badass. But instead, I just have like a sea of horny sophomores trailing after me and her rolling her eyes at me and making my life miserable because she's suddenly not the most popular girl in school anymore. What can I do about this? I didn't even think Vila existed outside of Harry Potter, but suddenly I am one. I haven't even gotten into the part about the wings. Help! That is... Someone texted you all that? Yes. That takes commitment. They clearly really wanted our help. Well, what do you say, Drew? They thought their grandmother was role-playing for their birthday. You're getting distracted. So, surprise, Vila. You didn't tell me your name, so I'm just going to call you V. Hope that's okay. So, V. You should make out with Trisha and see if it activates your Vila soulmate bond. What? It's V's only play. No, no, I disagree. You can't just go around making out with people hoping they might happen to be your soulmate. That's usually what people do, Drew. I'm figuring out that you don't do much dating, which is a real shame. I, that's not, I'm saying Trisha is her enemy. Because they have the same taste in clothes. That's not a reason to be enemies. That's a reason to be soulmates. Double your wardrobe. I... Well, I guess that's practical. I'm just saying, for her professed enemy, V notices an awful lot about Trisha. Perfect hair, YouTube makeup, etc. And really, I guess when you think about it, the fact that V was forced to change her skirt and Trisha was not, that was not Trisha's fault. They were kids at the mercy of a patriarchal society and corrupt adults incapable of exercising unbiased thinking. So really, I guess we don't have any evidence Trisha's not her soulmate. There you have it. Make out with her, V. Report back. I mean, assuming soulmates are a thing. True. Soulmates are definitely a thing. And they're just kids. I mean, kids shouldn't even be worrying about this stuff. <laughs> In my experience, this is all kids worry about. Well, I mean, high school kids, not like three-year-olds. Thank you for the clarification. Well, I'm just saying. Why do you get such long texts? People are always writing you like novels. They're texts. They should be a couple of autocorrect nonsense words followed by emojis. Maybe it's because they like the sound of my mellifluous voice gently reading their missives and bringing their problems to life. You know, on second thought, don't send me any long text. The shorter, the better. Oh, okay. Uh, this is from C, who writes... Drew? Hello, Drew. Hey, 
That looks like a long text. Are you gonna read it? Um, yeah, I just, uh. Do you need um, another cookie? No, I am. <clears throat> so C writes, hey Drew, it's a long story, but suffice it to say that to supplement my income on campus, I've built up a thriving extracurricular business, if you get my drift. Unfortunately, that's meant doing a few favors for a few higher ups in my line of work. One of them, we'll call him Tatsia, has been shamelessly blackmailing me for a while into, uh, I don't think I can read this part on the air, I'll just skip down. Oh. And even though I know what he's doing is illegal and immoral, like he's basically coercing me into being his twinkie kept boy surely that can't be part of his mafia code or whatever but he's um he's got these muscles and these suits and these <clears throat> tattoos and i don't want to be into it drew but i am so so into it what do i do um well i mean i can see why he's into it okay oh my god you're so embarrassed look at you Good sex is not embarrassing. I'm not embarrassed by good sex. That's not what this is. I'm, I'm, if I were reading this in a Yakuza manga or something, yes, I'd be into it. But in reality, having someone controlling your actions and forcing you to do things against your will is seriously creepy and not cool and opens the door to a bunch more not cool tendencies you can develop toward having not cool relationships. That's true. All of that is true and very important, but also just dismissing the way you feel as creepy and not cool isn't helpful and is really judgy towards yourself. If you're drawn to this relationship, then probably some part of you likes ceding all that control to someone, someone big and muscled and powerful. Focus. Right. Uh, my point is that it's not a bad thing to know that about yourself, if that's true. Yes, you should probably ask yourself why you're drawn to him. But even if you do legitimately like him and like some of the things he makes you do... Which is totally fine, by the way. You're not dirty or wrong for enjoying the physical pleasures of sex, even if you're in a situation that makes you uncomfortable. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Really? Yes, but even if you're into him and into the sex, you have to see that being blackmailed into a relationship isn't sustainable. Well, maybe it could be if you... No. No? Absolutely not. At some point, it has to change. Unless you want to be fucked up forever and never quite be sure whether any of your partners are really into you or just into the power trip they get from having control over you. Uh, oh. Also, at some point... You have to choose relationships because you want them and not hide behind the passivity of letting yourself be blackmailed and manipulated into things you pretend you like because it's easier than not. Hold on. Lots of people get caught up in manipulative relationships before they realize what's happening or because they're too scared to get out of them and that's not their fault. None of this is C's fault. I'm just saying... It's possible to be smarter. Stand up for yourself before things get too far. No, stop. Stop. It's a horrible situation to be put in. To be blackmailed by someone you love or 
think you love. And I'm not just talking about actual blackmail. Sometimes the people we love can hold all kinds of perceived thoughts or imbalances over us as emotional blackmail. And you not being able to recognize that in time or being able to stand up to that or recognize early enough that someone you trust is using your affections as a tool to manipulate you with. That's not something to blame yourself for. Do you understand? What? Uh, see, I mean, text us to let us know if you understand. See. But what if he really wants me because he thinks he can't have me any other way? <sighs> if he really thinks that, then he's being selfish and thinking only of how he can possess you and not how his actions will make you feel. Like, why he started it doesn't matter. You're right. I mean, of course you're right. This is a very bad basis for a real relationship. Right, you should find relationships that don't involve blackmail. But also, see knows Tatsuya. And it sounds like maybe there's more to this than blackmail. Like, in this particular case, they don't necessarily have to be bad for each other. How would they possibly be good? Well, it could be, I mean, just here, in this particular case. It's possible the tone of their relationship has been one where Tatsuya doesn't think C will listen to anything but a gruff and impersonal blackmail. I totally agree that this isn't sustainable as a relationship as is. But I think C should be honest and let him know that they'd be interested in a real relationship where they're both fully consenting parties. I mean, then it wouldn't be blackmail and manipulation and lack of agency anymore. It would be their choice together. This whole fairy tale scenario where the blackmail comes from a true love impulse is not the case. Or if it is, I'd be very, very surprised. But that's the. If you say, but that's the trope, I will walk out of this show. And that would be what we call emotional blackmail. Well done. That's not what I. I do agree with Harrison here. See, you need to talk to him, put aside all the negotiational shit, and talk to him as equals. If there's even a question that he might not want you outside of this fucked up relationship that you're in, that it really is just about having control over you and not Harrison's rainbow rosy happy ever after, then you need to end things now. Preferably before you're more emotionally invested than you already are. And I think that's smart. And I'm sorry that you were ever put in a position where love was twisted into a weapon instead of- What? Sorry, it's none of my business. You're right, it's not. But I, I just don't, I can't believe that all relationships are destined to end up that way. Even ones that begin as awkwardly as this one. If I thought that, if I looked at relationships like theirs and only saw cruelty and power trips instead of something genuine and passionate, I'd be... What? You'd be like me. I'd be lost. You're right. If there's as much passion between them as there seems to be, then they should just talk it out. 
there's no reason why they can't have a real relationship. And then see if you both find that you miss the Dubcon aspect of what you have now or any of the other parts you wanted to explore. Well, that's what role plays for. That's open-minded of you. Thank you. I can be open-minded. <laughs> well, but look, just because I don't think every situation automatically lends itself to positive outcomes in relationships, that doesn't mean I'm not open-minded about the various forms relationships can take or the fact that some relationships can go very, very right. <clears throat> uh, I just mean you usually form a take on the relationships we get asked about very quickly. It's so decisive that I wonder if you miss opportunities to let things develop in your own love life. Trust me, I know exactly how things develop in my own love life. And how's that? I fall in love, I screw it up or get screwed over. No more love. <laughs> but then that's how it works for everyone, right? Not at Seidelsmith. At Seidelsmith, you can start over. You can have all the love you want. Can you? Is that why you came to Seidelsmith? Yes. And how's that working out for you? I... I don't know yet. The jury's still deliberating. Well, you heard it here first, everyone. Check back next week for updates on Deb slash Rocky slash Rav slash Harrison's developing love story. Not yours? But I'm just the host. No one cares about my stories. Is that really what you think? Considering I wouldn't even be here right now if it weren't for you, yeah, I think that's clear. What? This was my last shot at a permanent weekly spot. If you hadn't worked out, I was done. But people love you. They keep your number programmed into their phones. They write into you every week. No, they love us. I think that's different. It doesn't have to be. That all-you-can-eat Seidelsmith love buffet doesn't have a we're closed sign they put out just for you. I know you didn't come here for that. That's fine. But that doesn't mean it's not here for you anyway. There is no love buffet. And if there is, let's hope it's not cooked up by the same cafeteria staff behind the signature Seidelsmith delicacy, chicken with unidentifiable lumps and bits of string. And they do love you, our listeners. I'm just like your prism. My prism? I take the light you shine. I don't shine light. And I turn it into a million tiny rainbows for our listeners' benefit. That is oddly accurate for your role on this show, actually. What the hell? See? They love you. I think you'll find they're all text messages from our listeners explaining how much they love you. That was an impressive gamble you just took there. What if nobody texted in? True. It wasn't a gamble. They love you. They obviously love you. And I don't know why you're so surprised. Hal wouldn't have given you a new show if she hadn't wanted to keep around her star. Uh, whatever. I think she just wanted to try out the comedian who wowed her at the open mic night with all his elaborate stories. What? 
I don't think that's true. She told me you needed someone who'd keep you on your toes because all your other co-hosts had bored you. Sorry, other co-hosts. Okay, not really. My other co-host kept threatening to quit because I was too abrasive. And she thought maybe pairing me up with somebody funnier than I was might take the edge off. I am not funnier than you. You are hilarious, and I barely ever make you laugh. That's not true. I went to open mic night, not because I'm especially funny, but because I was like, fuck it, why not? I had nothing better to do, and I thought I might meet... Well, then I met Hal, and Hal said I should meet you, and I listened to your show one night, and I thought you seemed like someone in need of Samoas, so I bring you Samoas. (laughs) Well, thank you. I like your Samoas. Oh my god! What? What happened? It's a librarian! It's a... okay. Seidel Smith Librarian says... Wait, they're literally calling themselves Seidel Smith Librarian? Yes. How do you know they're actually a librarian? You think they're pretending to be a librarian? It got your attention, didn't it? I've got some kind of librarian thing. I don't have a librarian thing. Well, I mean, not an unusual amount of librarian thing. Doesn't everyone have a little librarian thing? Librarians are hot. Are we just going to discuss sexual fantasies now or read the text from the librarian? Don't worry, I'll just read the text. You can stop blushing now. I'm not blushing. You're blushing. Audibly. Anyway, Seidel Smith Librarian says... Does your show do on-air interviews? Because I have lots to say. Isn't this exciting? Lots to say about what? Clearly about Wendy and Lisa and the whole recall of the recall of the recall debacle. And probably about the Seidel Smith Valentine. There isn't any- Seidel Smith librarian, we would love for you to come on our show and talk about Wendy and Lisa and also the Seidel Smith Valentine. Hang on, we don't actually do on-air interviews. Why not? Because we don't. You're a journalist. I bet you will do a kick-ass on-air interview. Well, I mean, I mean, probably, yeah. I could definitely. But that's not the point. We haven't even checked with Hal about. Hal's nodding. Interviews a go. Listeners, mark your calendars for a very exciting Seidel Smith Magic discussion next week. Well, right. Uh, librarian interview it is then. School announcements. Students are reminded not to park in the faculty parking lots. Unless you're hoping for a meet-cute. That's... No, they shouldn't be hoping for a meet-cute with a professor. We have policies about that. No, I mean a meet-cute with another student parking in the faculty parking lot. The thrill of the forbidden and all that. If you are using parking in the faculty parking lots to spice up your sex life, more power to you, I guess. Just remember to pay your fines on time before your car gets booted. Also, football season starts up this weekend. Go Fluffers! Right, rah, rah, rah. Anyway, with the start of football season, as everyone knows, that means the sock hop is right around the corner. (laughs) So, now's the time to start thinking about who you'll want to present with a rose for the rose dance. A reminder that roses can be pre-ordered through the student union. Black roses are always very popular with a certain segment of the student population and usually sell out, so take advantage of the pre-ordering if you think you're going to need to express your love in a particularly goth way. Or if you already know you have a special someone in mind, pre-ordering is a smart way to take some of the stress off. You know your rose is guaranteed. 
And if you don't have anyone in mind and don't even plan to attend the sock hop and just want to stay home binging Netflix, that's okay too. This concludes the pragmatic half hour with Drew and Harrison. Deb. Deb. Right. Yes. Drew and Deb. See you Thursday for another thrilling round of whatever this is. It's called fun. Bye, listeners. Bye. Kaleidotrope is created by Asia and Earl Grey T68. You can follow us on Twitter at Kaleidotrope Pod, on Tumblr at Kaleidotrope Podcast, or on our website at kaleidotropepodcast.com. Drew is played by James Evans, and Harrison is played by Matthew Menendez. If you like their work, please help us pay them by subscribing to Kaleidotrope on Patreon, or by buying us coffee at co-fi.com. All the money we raise through these channels goes directly to our actors, because we love them and hope you love them too. If you enjoy Kaleidotrope, tell a friend, or make something cool of your own to keep the story going. And if you're looking for another audio drama to check out, we'd like to recommend the Love and Luck podcast, a slice of queer romance with a touch of magic. And now stay tuned for a special excerpt from our Patreon-only audio commentaries. If you'd like to hear more, please subscribe. And thanks so much for listening. It was so good that I was like, I have nothing to say. Like, they were just nailing it. They were nailing it, and I think that part of that may have been the writing. Like, as the writing went along, it was a little less... um... The writing was spectacular the whole time, so (laughs) come up with another explanation. (laughs) Kaleidotrope.